On today's episode of Into the Podverse, we'll be discussing the concept of audio influence and how technology has played a crucial role in the rise of audio influencers, particularly in the podcasting industry. Mark Asquith, the managing director and co-founder of Captivate, a growth-oriented podcast hosting platform, shares his insights on this. He highlights the importance of authentic engagement, the role of technology in podcasting success, and the potential for podcasting in the African market. Let's get this started. Great Yo. shirts. Uh-huh. Techzilla. Of course it is. Who you think it was? Hey yo, eagle eye view from the Kilimanjaro Way above the clouds with my eye on the sparrow Words pierce the air, invading your space Sneak in through your ears, change the look of your face The storyteller in this digital era Could tell I got my groove back like my name was Stella The vibe is Stella, but the message and the teller Intertwined and defining the error To those who oppose, I hereby propose The fist to the jaw, would you prefer the nose? As the story goes, everybody knows Mr. Tony Yo, come correct with the flow Hey yo, as the God podcaster As well known as the chief of broadcaster Care to bring the peace to the world over Hades can't connect, best to move over As a co-founder of Captivate, can you share some insights on the key technologies and solutions that have helped podcasters achieve audio influence? Yeah, audio influence is one of those, I suppose it's one of those ethereal ideas that I think it, it comes on the back of the creator economy. I think it comes off the back of the um, the social influencer, you know, the, the idea that the thing that you believe in and sometimes that can be quite superficial, like we've seen with a lot of, you know, Instagram influencers and TikTok influencers. But the thing that you believe in is the thing that will give you that influence, that will draw people to you, that will repel people from you that don't believe what you believe, and that will ultimately turn you into a, a, a voice to be considered, okay? So I think that's the, the first part of call when it comes to the, discussing the technology is understanding just what I see as the basics of audio influencers being. And podcasters generally have a little bit more substance than the social influencers, in my humble opinion, just because they're constantly sharing their voice. They're not just sharing a short visual snippet that may or may not be representative of what they truly believe. Whereas, you know, with audio, you, you have to you have to live it, you have to breathe it because you've got to you've got to do this. You've got to talk about it a lot. So the the technologies and the key solutions and the key technologies that have helped podcasters like you and I to achieve some of that influence, of course. Uh, things like Captivate that help you to distribute and, and to build an RSS feed, then distribute that to Apple and Spotify and then measure the downloads and measure the listenership that you receive as a podcaster. But in, in, in particular, you know, we're starting to see more advanced ideas around that kind of technology. So I'm talking things like the workflow tools that we've implemented at Captivate to allow you to plan your episodes, to research your episodes, to book your guests internally to Captivate so that you can you can create dynamic show notes without having to type all of your show notes out. We just build that for you. And I think it's, it's solutions like that where technology companies have become more thoughtful over the last decade or so. I'd actually say over the last five years or so that have helped people to become audio influencers 
when they simply didn't have the time to dedicate to that kind of growth before. So a lot of the technology, the key tech has, has taken some of that burden away. Um, you know, and we've, we've even gone so far as including the ability to accept financial memberships, financial tips, and so on and so forth to allow for that sort of end-to-end solution uh, for workflow monetization. And I think the, the 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 idea of audio influence is 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 vitally rooted in having the time to be able to do it, and I think technology has to play a part in taking some of that burden. With your experience in successful entrepreneurship and building global marketing agencies, Mark, what advice would you give to aspiring podcasters? I mean, those who want to grow their audiences and increase their influence in the podcasting world. If you want to increase your audience, if you want to increase your influence, you, you, you've got to understand a few different things. The first thing is that it, this is a slow and steady wins the race, all right? This is a classic tortoise and hare, and we are the tortoise because it's almost it's almost like social media. You know, you, you build a good following over a number of years. You can buy followers, but they're superficial and they don't engage. So they're not really followers. They're just numbers. And that's the difference, all right? So what we're trying to do here is build some genuine fans. And it does take time. It takes time in refining your message, understanding that it's okay for you not to appeal to everyone. That's something that took me a while to figure out. It's all right for me to annoy some people. And it's all right for me to attract some people through the very same messaging that does frustrate other people. It just can't be helped. You know, if you if you are... If you are a good podcast creator, then it's all right for you to have your opinions and to stick by them. And then I think the other thing that you've got to do is you've got to be around. You've got to do things like this. You know, it's amazing that I get to talk to you, Tony, and I get to speak to other podcasters and other masters of the podverse, just like you, which I'm loving that 1980s reference, if that's what that is, the 1980s reference to masters of the universe. I am all over that, my friend. And you know, you've got to do these things. You've got to speak to other people, your peers. You've got to develop your opinions uh, in your niche by speaking on other other people's content, whether it's a blog, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a video, whatever that might be. And then you've got to understand marketing. And I'm not talking about promotion. I'm not talking about quick blasts just to Twitter or wherever. I'm talking about actual marketing your podcast. So yeah, you know, the tactics of promoting your show. Of course, yeah, yes, yeah, send it to Twitter, send it to LinkedIn, Facebook, wherever the heck you want to send it. But understand that that is promotion. What I'm talking about is a much bigger concept of marketing strategy where you sit down and you learn elements of marketing. You know, who do I want to target? Where are they going to be? And how do I get to them? All right. That's the the, the the set of questions that you should start to ask yourself and then start to think about how you can do that because promo is not enough to help you to grow a long-term audience. So yeah, I hope that helps because it's, uh, it's quite a big topic that I think we could do a full episode on that, but yeah, I hope that helps. You've had the opportunity to speak at prestigious events such as Haven and TEDx. Could you share some highlights or key takeaways from those experiences that have had a lasting impact on your work as a podcaster and content marketer? Public speaking has been a great way for me to build my personal brand. So you're right. I've spoken at Harvard. I've spoken at TEDx. I've spoken at thousands of events across the world. I've done keynotes. I've spoken at podcast movements so many times. Spoken at PodFest. I've spoken at the podcast show in London. Pretty much every podcasting event that you can think of, I've either been approached to speak at or I have actually spoken at. And it's only with great regret that I can't speak at all of them. It's usually because of travel and, and schedules. And 
the, 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 this has done a couple of things for me, all right? It, it's helped me to form a, an opinion. It's helped me to get confident. I was fortunate that I was, like, I'm, an, I'm a fairly introverted person, but I had been fortunate enough to be on stages before because I was in bands as a, as a youngster um, and I've, I've, I've played in front of decent sized crowds. So I was sort of, I wouldn't say I was confident, but I was aware of how I would feel on a stage. So I didn't have to worry about that element of it. Um, but what that's also helped me to do is, is it's helped me to become more articulate. I can do interviews like this where I can be quite cogent in what I'm putting across. I can be quite articulate, even though I do digress a little bit. That's my nature. Um, and, and, and I can I can cut a lot of the filler words. I've still got some. I've still got the odd erm or the odd like or the odd, you know, or so uh, or OK. You know, I've still got those as I just did there. You'll see that's that's just natural flow of conversation. But what it's done is it's helped me to. Um, focus my energy on delivering an articulate and well-considered piece of content, whether that's in writing, whether that's particularly in audio or video, that has really worked. And I got started doing speaking, you know, at really local events. I'm, I'm actually represented now by the Washington Speakers Bureau alongside some amazing people like Gary Player and Jack Nicholas and former presidents and tech founders that, that just eclipse my achievements. But I'm, I'm represented by them now, and it all started with local business networking events here in my hometown up in the north of England. So, you know, anyone can do it. Just get started with that because it does work. How do you see the podcasting landscape evolving in the coming years? And what potential opportunities do you think exist for podcasters like myself in Africa specifically? The African podcast market is, is, is fascinating to me because I think much like many other elements of tech in Africa. I think it's it's got massive potential. And I, I want to talk specifically about that when it comes to evolution of podcasting. There's so many other types of answer to this that I don't really want to get into because I think it's important to discuss that African element. Um, the The challenge with many African nations and, and, and African territories is obviously the, the, the data, the availability of data, the availability of connectivity. And I, I've got some friends that work in banking and finance out there and work in a few startups. Um, and they do everything via low data methods or via WhatsApp or text because it's all low data. And I think that's podcasting's opportunity as well. You know, we need to be using things like an alternate enclosure tag as, as supported by podcasting 2.0. And as hosting platforms, we need to be working with apps in these territories like the African nations to say, look, how do we give our podcasters not only the opportunity technically, but the education required to upload instead of a 25 meg one hour file, or a 25 meg 30 minute file, how do we get them the opportunity and the education to upload an alternative of that that's only five meg? And yes, if you're an audio file, the quality might not be as high as you'd expect if you're listening on a, on a, on a huge stereo system, a surround sound Dolby 7.1 stereo system in a theater. Of course, it doesn't need to be. This is not what it's about. It's about accessibility and about giving people what they need with the resources that they have. So I, I, I think that's a huge opportunity. It's the massive, massive opportunity for, for, for supplying the technology and the education required for creators around the world to access an audience in the African nations. And I think it's a, a very important thing for us all to consider. Being a podcast host yourself, what strategies or approaches have you found most effective in creating engaging and impactful content that resonates with listeners and helps elevate their voices and experiences? 
creating engaging and impactful content uh, that resonates with listeners is 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 it's a journey you know you've got to understand what you're trying to say first and foremost and then from there you've got to understand how people might want to say it in their own ways and i think one of the other things that that i've i've had to learn is sort of leaning on my own experiences. I'm short of time. We're all short of time when it comes to creating things. And because I help podcasters, my job is to help them to create things like I create. So what I what I get to do is really think, okay, what are the stoppers for me? Well, there's the technology, there's the time, there's the confidence, and there's the sort of fear of failure. So what I've got to be really considerate of is that when I'm teaching people some strategies around their audience growth, I don't do what other quote unquote podcast gurus do. And I'm not a guru. I hate that term. I just prefer the word educator. And what I do is I think to myself, well, look, I'm not going to give the advice that other entrepreneurs, quote unquote entrepreneurs give. The people that sell hyperbole, the people that sell excitement and that sell inspiration, but don't sell results or that don't sell anything uh, tactical or strategic or actionable. You know, the people that will say, hey, you just got to get started, push the button. And you're like, okay, I get that, but that's not really helpful. That's inspirational, but it's, is it that helpful when it comes down to it? That's not me. Me, well, I'm much more about, okay, here's how you market your podcast in the 10 minutes a day that you have to do what you've got to do. This is the only way that you can get started because you've got 10 minutes or you've got half an hour per day. So I'm very realistic about what people can and can't do with their time because I think otherwise um, you're actually guiding people to a path to failure because they get excited by what they can do. They make all of these plans. It's like when you attend a conference, you know, you attend and you, 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 you make all these notes and you're excited, you're fired up, you get back to your desk. You don't have the time to implement it. So you don't do anything. My goal is to step people through in a really simple, all right, it's bite size. Do this action today and then tomorrow we can do this. And it's that builds, it compounds the results and the traction and the inspiration. You build on what you did yesterday and that is so important. And that's what I do to help busy people like you and I to, to, to elevate their voices. Mark Asquith emphasizes that building audio influence is a slow and steady process, akin to the tortoise and the hare fable. If you're familiar, we say the tortoise and the rabbit. It requires refining your message, accepting that not everyone will be attracted to it, and staying true to your opinions. Additionally, engaging with your peers, participating in speaking engagements, and developing marketing strategies are vital for long-term audience growth. Mark also highlights the potential of the African podcast market and the need for accessible technology and education to support creators in regions with limited data connectivity. Shay, what's up? How fun? I've been sending you guys messages. How far? All in all, creating impactful content that resonates with listeners is the key to audio influence. There's a link in the show notes to the latest updates at Captivate and how you can reach Mark on social media. Your support goes a long way, so if there's any love in your heart for what I do here, please hit the link and show some love. Pretty Yo. shirts. Uh-huh. Techzilla. Of course it is. Who do you think it was? 